The following program is proudly supported by the Community Broadcasting Foundation, cbf.com.au. Being a HSC student can be stressful. It can be extremely humbling and time-consuming. It takes a lot of self-discipline, energy, patience and persistence. Particularly in such a time where many people advance in their taste, physiology and maturity, it can all seem like too much to bear. The crushing weight of expectations can be paralyzing. Stop for one second. Breathe. Realize that this is just the start of your journey. Pace yourself and know this. The milestones that matter are in the lessons that decorate the mind and not the certificates that decorate the walls. The experience has much more to give you than any mark. The journey is often more fruitful than the destination. So join us as we trek together on a journey beyond the ATAR. Dear listener, what are your goals? To some, this may be a heavy question. In reality, your goals, whether they are personal, professional or a combination of both, are something that you constantly think up, whether you realize it or not. In essence, we want to do better and have high expectations of ourselves. The idea of declaring something a goal, though, can be daunting. This is especially so in the context of HSC and other contexts in which many people have a vested interest in your final outcome. The stakes are undoubtedly high, so your aim should follow. But what help is all this pressure if all it does is bring your aim low by making you question your competency? So, our goal for this episode is to help you understand what a goal is, what types of goals to set, and even how to cope when a goal does not come to fruition. The goal for this episode is to take some of the fear out of setting goals, helping us to think less about what might happen if things don't work out and replace that thought with the other perspective. What if things do work out? The science of goal setting is highly subjective. What is it that you are working towards? How much do you wish to progress? What steps are you taking to get to that level? And how long would this take you? However, there are frameworks that assist us in covering all these bases when setting a goal. The SMART, or SMART framework, which stands for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Relevant and Time-bound, establishes clear parameters for the goal. This is helpful for those of us who have vague goals floating around in our heads and haven't set ourselves a time in which to complete them or don't have a way in which we can track our progression. Sometimes, it is good to highlight that goals are supposed to drive one to be better and hence, you must experience some discomfort or difficulty to get to the desired outcome. The HARD, or aptly named HARD framework, which stands for heartfelt, animated, required and difficult, is suitable for uncomfortable short-term goals that you do for the sake of laying the necessary groundwork for your desired future. Let us hear a little bit about the goals of a soon-to-be HSC student, how they set goals and how this has helped them thus far. Today I'm joined by Abir. Abir, how are you? Alhamdulillah, how are you? Alhamdulillah, thank you so much for asking. Tell me a little bit about yourself, the subjects you're studying, um, maybe the career that you want to go into and some hobbies. I'm currently in school. I study business, geography, biology, standard English and Arabic. My dream career is to become a primary English teacher. And would you like to share any hobbies of yours? I do have a few. Uh, one of my hobbies is singing. I just find that a very different talent and it allows the person to express their own thought or feelings in a different way. 
So Abir, today I want to talk to you about goals because at this time there's a huge emphasis on goals, especially you know the big goal, which is that figure that everyone's waiting to see, the ATA. Yeah. Right. So goals are a pretty big deal when it comes to senior year. Tell me, are you a goal-oriented person? I aim to be a goal-oriented person. It's sometimes very hard to stick and to do what you're meant to do. For example, setting goals and you don't end up achieving them. Some people forget about it or find it, oh, I can't do this, I'm not able to. However, if you think about it, if you're going to set a goal and not achieve it or not work towards achieving it, it's going to drain the person. It's going to not make them a very outstanding person. So how do you typically set goals do you write them down do you just think about them because sometimes you might have goals for yourself in your head and they just kind of float around and then you forget about them or you don't really take the necessary steps to achieve those goals I personally sometimes brainstorm it I see the negatives and the positives of the outcome or the matter if I personally think that the negatives increase I try different ways to try and achieve it I don't stop there So, what are you hoping to get out of the HSC? I'm aiming to take all the knowledge that I've studied throughout this journey. Everyone has a different aim towards the end. Some people might have, for example, they want to achieve such goals to impress their family, their teachers. However, at the end of the day, if you think about it, you're studying for your own sake, for your own benefit. You're studying because you have goals, you set goals, you want to achieve them. Of course, you want to make your parents proud, teachers praise you. However, the main point or idea of studying for your HSC or gaining such mark is for your own benefit. You're the only one that's going to be affected by your mark. I know if I've studied well and I did not achieve such goal, I know that I'm doing something wrong. I have to work on myself to find what I did wrong to help me get to my goals. Yeah. And you know, when you mentioned that, it occurred to me that the effort that you put in initially, mm. even though you might have been using the wrong strategies, it did help you because it helped you to discover that the way that you were doing it was incorrect. Yep. So that's not the way that you should be studying. It's not fit for you yep. and it's not fit for the subject. Mm. When you realize that you're exerting a lot of effort into something, it shows that you care about it. And that's a good sign. Yeah, It's good to be passionate about things. It's good to have goals. And you're not going to achieve all of your goals. Of and that's very normal. And that's not something that makes you incompetent. Of course. It doesn't even negate the goal itself. The goal is not gone if you don't achieve it. It yeah. just has not been achieved yet. Of course, the way you think of achieving your goal might be way different to other people. Other people may have different ways. I see, for example, on social platforms that are ways of achieving such goal or how to get this mark, how to study, study methods. It might not work for me. I might find very weird or different kind of study methods that help me um, achieve my goal. And that's very normal. Can you give us an example of maybe something that you found was a bit unusual, but it actually did work for you? I tend to walk around a lot when I'm studying. And some people tell me, like, how do you focus? Don't you just have to sit and focus on what you're doing? How can you walk and study or, like, write something when you're walking? But it's the way I think about it. You're moving, you're not sitting in one place. Because I know if I sit, my brain's going to go on my phone. Mm. I'm not going to focus. I'm walking, I'm doing something along the way of studying. I'm telling my brain, okay, you're doing something. You're not just studying, you're doing two stuff at a time. I'm walking, I'm studying. For me, I personally think multitasking while studying is better. Mm. Subhanallah. Yeah. I mean, you know, some people, like you said, they do need that very concentrated environment. Yeah. And look, it does help to put yourself in exam conditions. That is like one tactic yeah. of studying for the HSC. Excellent tactic. Mm. But for retaining information just, you know, throughout regular study, yeah. regardless of the exam and things like that, just for the sake of retaining information, some people do need to move around. Mm. Some people can't sit down. They can't sit still. They need to be, for example, playing, fidgeting with something in their hands. Yeah. Or they need to be walking, pacing around. While other people need absolute silence, some people need background noise. They need something else going on in the background, something else stimulating their brain yeah. so that they don't lose focus. Do you find that the school environment makes you more goal-oriented? Or do you find that maybe all of this competition and all of this pressure it actually demotivates you from achieving your goals? Look, definitely... I believe that school has a huge role on the person. It changes the way a person thinks. School itself is an experience. 
You may enter a school having way different goals that you're willing to achieve within the school. However, because of the environment, teachers, friends, it changes the way you think. Mm. It may help you to achieve them or it may not. It may change them to a better way or a negative way. However, it's the thought of you knowing that I want to achieve that goal. That's the thought everyone needs. You know what you want to achieve. If you're going to allow friends to influence you, others to influence you in a way that you're not comfortable with, you're going to find it hard. You're not going to achieve your goal. Mm. Even in my own experience, Mm. I've noticed that sometimes certain people will influence something as minuscule as what uni you want to go to. Some people have a very prestigious university in mind, but going to that uni and going to another uni does not or it should not be a factor in what it is that you ultimately want to achieve because it's not about prestige. It's not about bells and whistles. It's not about how fancy your environment is. Are you actually achieving what you want to set out to do? Of course. So tell us a little bit about your experience with goal setting throughout school. Maybe something that uh, was a goal of yours in 7 to 10 Mm. and you achieved it later on in senior years. 7 to 10, I'll tell you this, I took school very easy. I didn't have goals that I actually wanted to achieve. I didn't go hard on myself within those years, even though school did go hard on me. Hmm. Setting goals right now is a new thing to me. So can you give me an example of maybe a goal that you set and how it worked out for you? Or maybe how it didn't work out for you Hmm. and you learned from that experience? Of course. At the beginning of the year, I said to myself, I am going to be studying every single day. I think a lot of people (laughs) told themselves that. (laughs) Fresh, new, we're starting new, that's it. I have to put my head into this. I have to start studying well to achieve high marks. And I kept on telling myself, I can do it, I can do it. I started the first week studying after school, sit timetable. I started from this time to this time. I finish, take breaks. I did that for a week. After that, I just slacked off. I'm like, what am I doing? I felt like I'm draining myself. It didn't work for me. When it comes to exams, I started studying, for example, two weeks before. Or like assignments, I would start them two weeks before it's due time. And you found that that was better for you? That was better for me. Mm. I feel like it's the shorter time I have. I put more stress on myself. It stays with me. Mm. If I let myself to have a long time to when that assignment or exam is due, I'm going to waste time. I'm not going to do anything. Mm. So I know that it's coming closer. That's it. I have to focus. I have to do this. Because if I don't, I know I'm going to regret it. Yeah, and I feel like there's a lot of reasons why that might work. I mean, one of them is because instead of telling yourself just in general, I'm going to study every single day, Mm. you've more exerted your energy towards a specific task. Okay, this task, I'm going to give myself two weeks for it. With a lot of the, what they call the frameworks for goals, like, Mm. I don't know if you've heard of SMART goals before, S-M-A-R-T. So they do require you to be specific about your goals. Instead of being too broad or giving yourself a much wider time space than you need, because the pressure really does help. It does. You need pressure. I mean, it's why a lot of students end up cramming is because they just leave things to the last minute because they need that pressure to actually force some productivity out of themselves. Yeah. So having that aspect in a controlled way where you tell yourself, okay, two minutes is enough time for me to get the task done and in a low pressure way, but still enough pressure, still time bound enough that I do feel the urgency of the task. Yeah. And an example of that, I'll tell you, I had exams and I studied four chapters of biology in one night. Oh, wow. I started studying at, I think, 5 p.m. I did not sleep until 4 a.m. Wow. I studied four chapters for an exam. As someone who studied biology, and I'm sure a lot of the (laughs) biology students listening are going to be thinking, wow, how, how... I mean, it's already such a content-dense subject. And to study four whole chapters of it in a single night, Mm. and you have to also acknowledge the fact that this isn't during the day where you're still awake and uh, you have, you know, full 
energy in your brain. This is like when you're slowly dozing off and you're trying to soak in all that information. But I have to ask, did it actually soak in? Did did some of the information get in there? It all soaked in. I went into wow. the exam and I'm like, I recap everything. I knew everything. But, okay, and I want to ask this. Yeah. Be honest with me. Sure. Did the information retain for a long period after the exam? No. Yeah. That's the thing with a lot of the times these cramming techniques do work in the short term. But genuinely, and this is something that I I want to pose to a lot of the students out there. If you're passionate about a subject, don't cram. No. Don't ever cram. Because if you're passionate about that subject and you think, I want to continue with these kinds of studies later on, you're building the foundations now. Yes, exactly. You need to be able to recall that information later on because if you're back to basics and everyone else is advancing ahead of you, you're going to be caught so far behind that it actually demotivates you from the thing you were passionate about in the first place. Yeah. So this kind of technique, as you said, it doesn't work. It doesn't. It no. works in the short term yeah. for that mark. But all your other goals, your goals about discipline, your goals about retaining that information and building a foundation for yourself in that subject, are gone out the window. Exactly. Yeah. But it's also, it's something to learn from. It's a lesson. Because I kept on pushing myself. I'd be like, I'm going to study tomorrow. Tomorrow comes, I'm going to study today. Today finishes, I'm going to study the next day. Mm. And that kept on going until I realized that my exam is the next day. In class, I'll tell you that I wasn't really focusing on the information that the teacher would give. So I actually had to, within that night, to study four chapters from scratch. I did not know anything about those four chapters. Subhanallah. (laughs) From that experience... Is that why you gained the whole uh, two weeks for every task mindset? I think so. I give myself not too much time, but enough time for me to do such a task. I feel like that's the way it works with me. Mm. Because I tried, as I told you, at the beginning of the year, I was like, I'm going to study every day. Never worked. There's something that I want to mention about the SMART goals framework. Because I find that... Even though a lot of people might be hesitant about using a a goals framework. I mean, that's not really something that a lot of people exert a lot of energy into setting a goal. But one of the aspects of a SMART goal is that it has to be achievable. And this type of studying, four chapters in a single night, pulling all-nighters constantly, (laughs) I mean, is not really... Uh, an achievable study habit. Yeah. It's really not. It's not no. sustainable. No, no, it's not. Like you can only do it so much before you just completely plummet and drain yourself and you find yourself burnt out even before HSE even comes. Yeah. And definitely I would not recommend anyone to do it. <laughs> I did it myself. I regret it. However, I needed to do something because I noticed late that I had the exam the next day. It was too late. Absolutely. And I definitely will not do that. For my HSC, something would definitely not do. <laughs> yeah, honestly. And, you know, I find that this touches on a very important point, which is you're in your prelims right now, aren't yes. you? The prelims is kind of dismissed as like, a, according to some people, you can just kind of bludge through it yeah. and it doesn't really account for anything. Yeah. But that's not true. I mean, sometimes for uni admissions, they do look at your preliminary marks. Yeah, that's course. That's one thing. Yes. And another thing is that it's a good trial period for you. You should use it as your testing zone, as your experimentation zone. And what I've learned so far today is that you've figured out a lot of the things that don't work for you. And that's exactly what you're supposed to be doing in prelims. So I applaud you and I applaud all of those out there who are actually using their prelims for what it's supposed to be there for. And um, I know that a lot of people, you know, they might not be very academic. Mm. They might not be goal oriented in terms of school. Yeah. So... Can I ask about your personal goals, maybe even something related to your hobby, which is singing? Mm. Um, just tell me about how you go about your goals when it comes to things in your personal life. Look, I set a goal. I feel like if I can't achieve it, I try it anyway. I want that goal. I set that goal for a purpose. I didn't go out, put a goal just for me to forget about it. It has to be meaningful. Yes. I put it for a reason. I want to achieve it in any way. I'm going to achieve it. I keep on trying. It may fail like 10 times, but I'm still going to try for it. If it doesn't work, then there's a problem. If there's a problem in the goal itself, the goal has to be edited. You know, it's good to mention that you can adjust a goal. Yes. It doesn't take away from the meaningfulness of that goal. If if you find that this thing is not achievable for you right now, because ultimately what you're doing is you're measuring yourself against yourself you're not measuring yourself against other people's standards 
you know, it should be that you look at yourself, your capabilities, you have to look at your timeline mm. and how quickly you can progress and how quickly you can achieve certain things. So all of this is based on your analytics, the stuff that you've examined about yourself, because people have different bandwidths. Even if you do want that 99.95 ATAR, <laughs> if that's not realistic for you, that's okay. Yeah. As we said, the ATAR is not the only thing that you get out of the HSC at all. So, oh. you know, even if you get um, a very low ATAR, much lower than you expected, but you built the discipline for yourself to sit down and do tasks that before you might have been too lazy procrastinating, say, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. No, I'll do it the day after. Yeah. If you build that discipline, even just a little bit, that's an achievement and you should applaud yourself for exactly. that. Exactly. I'll tell you about my hobby of singing. I never used to sing. I'll really? tell you that. Yes. I mean, I think all the people that know you know you to sing. That's a, that's amazing. Yeah. But then I used to hear like here and there, for example, Muhammad al-Khair, Khad al-Atyar, always in my ears. And I'm like, it's something very different that not many people can do. And it's a talent you can work on. It doesn't have to be within you. Like you don't have to have that natural yeah, talent. Exactly. And you know, sometimes natural talent can only get you so far. I did not have that natural talent. I actually had to work on myself. I had to set goals to achieve where I am right now. I don't have the perfect voice, but I'm happy with what I've got up to. Because if you see where I started from and as to where I am right now, big difference. Did you speak to someone about these goals and they would kind of help you to achieve these goals, to realize them? Or was it something that you just kind of kept in your head and you just kept track of it mentally? Look, I personally didn't ask anyone for any advice. It kind of helped me in a way and it didn't. I didn't go out to people telling what my goals are. I didn't go up to them and tell them, oh, this is such and such and such. I have set goal. I want to do this. If I did, I know they're going to give me their personal experience and I personally like would have needed that so I can learn from. But if you fall by yourself, you're going to learn more. If you're going to hear about it and without actually experiencing it, you're not going to learn from it as much. For example, if I achieved something that other people did not experience, I can tell them, but I'll tell them, you have to actually experience the calamity kind of to learn from it. Because if you find it yourself, it's going to stay within you. You won't forget it. That's really well said, honestly, because I do find that a lot of us, when we do take advice from people that have been in our position before, mm. we're asking advice about something that we want to try ourselves. What we're going to hear is this person's experience yeah. and not really the objective truth. So a person should take advice, of course, of course. but with a grain of salt. Yeah. Acknowledge that this person is telling you all of this from their point of view and they're not mm. telling it from an objective point of view. Exactly. They're going to be influenced by the things that happen specifically to them and their environment as well. Mm. Something that might have not benefited them might benefit you. Exactly. So some excellent advice about advice. <laughs> Sometimes, even in setting goals, we make mistakes. Mm. Now, what are some common mistakes that you see whether it's in yourself or in others, that when they set a goal, they do something incorrectly. What is it? Look, I see many people, for example, my friends, they set a goal and then they tell me, let's do this together. This goal might fit for them. It might not fit for me. Mm. I try for them. I'll be like, okay, look, I can help you achieve your goal, but this is your goal. You want to achieve such and such. This doesn't fit for me. Mm. There's an aspect of that that you mentioned that's very important to remember. And I mean, having what they call an accountability buddy, which yeah. is someone that holds you accountable to a goal that you've set, yeah. is important. But like you said, you're not always going to have the same exact goals as a person. And even if you do have the same goal, mm. even if it is exactly the same, all the details are the same, you're different people. Yes. You're different people with different capabilities, different environments, different influences on your life. So you're going to have different outcomes and you're not going to go at exactly the same pace. Exactly. And that is completely normal. If one can pull up the other, they will pull up the other, Indeed. but not at the expense of themselves. Yep. I do want to ask one more question before yep. we wrap this interview up. If you do have a goal mm. and you set a time for it, as you should, because as we said, we need that pressure sometimes. But what happens you can even tell me from your own experience, what happens to a goal when you don't achieve it in the time that you set for it? Look, it's never too late to achieve any goal. 
you might not want to achieve it later on, but you will see an improvement because of the the impact of that goal that you've set. I told you, you can't set a goal just because you wanted to set a goal. There's always a reason as to why you set that goal. And then you would look at it, for example, you did not achieve it. Okay, there was a problem there as to why you did not achieve that goal. Maybe the goal was not achievable. Maybe you weren't able to achieve that goal. However, in the future, maybe you developed it in yourself and you were able to achieve it. It might not be within the time you wanted it to be achieved, but later on you would have probably achieved it. Mm. And you may not have achieved it at all, but it's not the end of the world. Like you can still work on goals that you can achieve in the future. It's true. I mean, it's important that we don't scrap the goals that mean something to us. Yeah. Productivity in that goal, whether the outcome is there or not, when we're working towards that goal, we should feel satisfied just by that alone. Yeah. The fact that we are trying to solve a problem that we care about. Yes. A goal that a lot of us should have, and this I direct to the dear listeners of all ages, those yeah. in the HSC and those you know that have finished the HSC or even before the HSC. I would like you to set the goal of surrounding yourself with people who are better than you in some way or another. Exactly. People that have something to offer you because people that will drain you or people that will insult you or be bitter about your achievements and accomplishments, those are not people that you want to surround yourself with. 100%. And we speak about this a lot when it comes to school environments, especially because you're always going to be mixed in with a whole variety of different people going through all sorts of different things. So my advice, please do have good influences around you. And um, to end this episode, I just want to ask you what advice you might have for the coming up uh, HSC cohorts. I advise them to keep setting goals and each goal should be more challenging than the other goal. And don't give up from the first time if a goal isn't achieved. All right, excellent. Well, thank you so much, Avi. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Many people question the value of goals beyond schooling years because this is usually where we most practice the art of setting goals. Let us not forget that our series has been developed to showcase how school helps set us up for what comes beyond the ATAR. Hence, the skill of goal setting does not become redundant post-HSC. Let's explore how the art of goal setting translates beyond schooling years from the perspective of an HSC graduate. So today we're joined by Muhammad. Muhammad, how are you? Alhamdulillah, I'm doing good. How are you? Alhamdulillah, barakallahu feek. So just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, what you're currently studying or what you're currently pursuing in your career and maybe a hobby or an interest. Okay, so I am a religion teacher at Salama College. I am currently studying Bachelor of Education, uh, trying to finish it off, inshallah ta'ala. I initially used to do advanced medical science maybe five years ago, and then I had to leave to support myself financially. I started working, took a break off the academic side, and then, yeah, got back into it. I actually said, alhamdulillah, that I did so, because my goals in life changed, and actually I ended up pursuing what is my dream, which is uh, to teach, which I only discovered later on after being attached to religious lessons. So initially, I was doing uh, advanced medical science because I wanted to be a surgeon. I wanted money, basically. Then I learned that that's not going to help me do what I was created for. So yes, I ended up switching. And when I realized that we're here, we have a purpose, we have to fulfill that purpose. So my, my dream job switched and I ended up achieving my dream job, which I'm currently doing. MashaAllah. So my first question for you was actually, uh, would you call yourself a goal-oriented person? And you kind of already answered that. Yes. So. Just to elaborate on that, do you often set out to do things with a goal in mind, whether it's personal or professional? I have yearly goals, quarterly goals, monthly goals, weekly goals, daily goals. It only stops up to daily. I don't have hourly goals. It stops up to daily. But yeah, I literally, I have, if you look at my notes, if I open up my phone now, you'll see my notes. I actually take them out for you so you can just understand what I'm, the, the capacity of what I'm trying to say here. This is my notes. If you scroll up. You, I'm still scrolling for anyone who can't see and he's listening. I'm still scrolling. He's definitely scrolling. I'm a witness yeah, to that. There's a lot of notes. So, yeah. And those are your goals? 
I got the daily ones. That's what I have to do every single day, especially because I'm not too much of a multitasker. I, I have to focus on one task at a time. There's a word for it. Someone will You're find out. You're zoned into a task. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm not a multitasker. So because I'm not a multitasker, when I have so many things going on, I will forget all of them because I'm so focused on the one thing I'm doing at that one time and I have to do it properly. I'm a perfectionist. So that's why I write down everything, even when I'm talking to some people and I do have a lot of things I have to do during a day. So when I'm talking to people, they say, I need such and such and such. I'll be writing it down while they're talking to me mm. because I will literally forget it two minutes later because of the current task I'm focused on. Mm. If I don't have goals, I'm not only I'm not able to function, but I'm actually not content. I don't feel happy. Subhanallah. Yeah. So I want to jump ahead to one of the questions I was going to ask you later. But since, mashallah, we got into it, yeah. we, we got into it straight away. I want to ask, uh, are you familiar with any goal frameworks like SMART goals or anything like that? And do you apply some of these elements when you're setting goals? I've come across them, but I have them already. And I just end up finding them being written into programs like SMART goals, like uh, these types of uh, structures. So although I'm goal-oriented, I don't like to apply it to that degree i like to just carry it out every day and perform each task as best as i can i feel more comfortable doing that instead of like trying to find like this actual uh, structure but when i because i deal with a lot of people and i have actually teams that i've organized of people that i work with so that's when i start using those structures because then it gets too much where you have to do with too many people mm. and you need like a written structure of exactly what's going on every day and what's our next step? Sometimes it is easier to use a framework. It's sort of like a checklist to go along the way to make yeah. sure that you've covered everything. So just in general, how specific do you get with your goals? Okay. So I, I'll tell you how exactly specific I get with my goals. And I'll give you an example. Today, I wrote down on my notes that I have to do an interview with Sister Dima Jalul. That was one of the things I mentioned. I have a meeting for media, something that I work on on the side. So I wrote that down. So... These are not my goals, these are my tasks. So mm -hmm. out of all those tasks, some of them will achieve my daily goals. My, I only have today one daily goal, which is to have a video done for the media and be successful at it. So something I've got to work on after this. Everything else is fulfilling my weekly goals. So it's all tasks leading to my weekly goals. Just basic, yani serving the community. Obviously, you know, in, in the community, it's a lot. There's a lot of detail that goes into it. No. Yeah, but so basically it's tasks. I'm doing tasks every day. And yeah, you can call them goals, daily goals. But my yearly goal is a big one. Basically, my yearly goal is to spread the knowledge of the religion to the community in a way where I reach a certain number. And I've set that number oh, and sure. I'm very dedicated to reaching that number where there's a certain group of people that I want it to reach and I want them to learn and change and better themselves. So if you were going to give someone advice on starting to set goals, because you seem like you've been setting goals for a while now. You yes. seem like this is something that's well established within you. Um, but for a novice in goal setting, can you tell us, does goal setting take discipline? Did you have to discipline yourself into this skill? Yes, it does. And I will actually start off with advice with a mentor of mine who I've never met physically. And that's uh, Sheikh Jil Sadiq. And uh, he actually mentioned something once, and he was mentioning this about the religion, but he linked it to every matter in your daily life. He said, start off with something that you can handle. One matter, don't do 10. You want to achieve 10, start off with one. Dedicate, spread your time out with that one. When you become accustomed to it, your body is accustomed to it, you become comfortable to it. It's no longer a, a task you have to do. It becomes almost like second nature, as they say. Mm. Then you add on to that load. And you keep doing that until you become instinctively organized. It flows. Now, I have a lot of tasks on me. But I never started off like this. I started off with a very small team and I worked on them. We built each other together. We got stronger. We worked on disciplining ourselves in certain matters. I used to struggle to go to two lessons a week, for example, after work, because I have work as well. I used to struggle in work to finish certain tasks. So I started off step by step doing these tasks for a month and being disciplined on those tasks. And when I got used to that, then I would add until it became smooth. Also, when you start to do that, you become passionate about it. When you become passionate about something, you naturally want to adapt your life around it. So what would happen to me? I would say, all right, if I need to do this, I need to sleep earlier. And I actually followed the way of the scholars. 
a lot of scholars would sleep after Isha time and wake up uh, very early during the night. They wouldn't wake up like us, general people, 7 a.m. and 8 a.m. No, no. I wake up, my standard time is 4.30 a.m. every day and my work doesn't start till 8 a.m. So that's how I am. And whenever I'm not like that now, very uncomfortable during the day because mm-hmm. I don't feel... Yani, that's it. That's your cycle now. That's it. And it, it happened like that because I had tasks and I said, but I have to do this. This is going to help me achieve that. So I can't do this task because I don't have this much time. All right, so you know what? I've got, I got to switch because I've realized I've started getting a lot of work done during the morning. Like when I, And that's another advice. Work gets done. Like religiously, it's mentioned that if you wake up early and you pray early in the morning and you start your day off, that your day runs very smoothly. And I found that, uh, like I lived that physically. Like I saw the difference between me trying to use those exact same hours at night time, probably would have not even half, I would say a quarter of the effectiveness. And I mean that with every mm-hmm. word in comparison to me waking up early and getting everything done that I need and maintaining that energy and smoothness throughout the whole day. So very, very important that if someone wants to be goal-oriented, to start off small, work on that, maintain that, make that a discipline and mm-hmm. add on. And when you start to do that, you will develop a passion and start to adjust. To the extent I became so passionate about some matters in da'wah, in uh, spreading the truth, that I started changing the way I eat because I felt it was making me lethargic, for example, eating oily foods. That was making me lethargic. I learned it reduces your testosterone, that reduces your energy, affects your sleep. And all of this is affecting my goal. Mm-hmm. I became to that level passionate that I said, I have to stop eating oily foods. So now I stopped eating oily foods. I stopped eating sugars and I only eat natural sugars like honey, fruits, eating fruits before food, not after food, not eating late at night. Eating late at night usually leads to a lot of drinking water. A lot of drinking water leads to a lot of sleeping. And you'd go into a deep sleep, you wake up and you feel like you're still sleepy. Mm. So when I had to change all of that, but that was because of that first initial step, which was to start off small, discipline yourself on that and uh, do something you are passionate about. I was always passionate about academics. So the reason I was able to last in advanced medical science was because I had a passion for studies. But that passion just exploded when it was in something that I love to do as well, which is teaching uh, religion. So when I started doing that, combine that with my passion for academics and my willingness to focus on one task at a time, that really, subhanAllah, helped me be successful in a lot of the endeavors I'm currently undertaking. MashaAllah. Naam. I feel like I want to ask you questions, but at the same time, I never want to stop you while you're talking. <laughs> and Jad, mashaAllah, barakallahu fiqh. Some very valuable advice. And you did share a lot of tidbits for the people that want to wake up earlier, want to have a more productive lifestyle. Right. And it is important to go back to that point that you mentioned, that these things take time. Yes. You need to start small. You can't just go from waking up at 10 a.m. to waking up at 4.30. It's not a sustainable I'll, way to... I'll add to that, actually. I tried that. So just so people understand, yani, I actually tried this. This is not something that I said from the get-go. I got it right. I said, I'm going to do a bit. Mm. Now, I initially would get excited, passionate. And that's what happens to a person. Even learning religion, people start off, they say, I want to learn. I want to go to five lessons a week. Mm-hmm. And they start, then they stop. They end up going to no lessons. Yeah. It's better to go to one lesson over a period of uh, one year yeah. than to go to 20 lessons in two months. And then after one month, you stop. So that carry that with, with working out. If someone works out, same thing. Don't go and overload your muscles to an extent where you're putting so much pressure on your body and then you just end up stopping entirely where you mm. don't enjoy the process. Some people get injured that way and yeah. that causes them to stop and as well. Th- and that happened to me. I tore my rotator cuff. See, she's answering my, now she's answering my questions. <laughs> so I tore my rotator cuff. It actually stopped me for a long time. Subhanallah. But now, so that's what I wanted to say. When I started off, I used to be like that. I used to be so passionate and do so much and then it used to be too much and I would stop. And that's very demotivating. If you don't go past that, it can lead into a very uh, bad cycle where you feel like you are consistently a failure. To avoid that, start off small and focus on targeting your small goals and being successful at them and then move up. MashaAllah, so wise for your age. I did have something to say because this program that we're doing, this series that we're doing specifically, is targeted at the youth that are within the HSC period. So I want them to recognize that goal setting is not just something that's, you know, implemented upon you for the sake of getting an ATAR. Yep. It's not about that. 
It's about the actual skill of goal setting and where it can get you in life yeah. when you actually sit there and you contemplate about the things that you want to do. So I, I also want to ask you, because you did mention that you were struggling with setting goals even when you were in work. So this yep. is even past HSC. Correct. So what, what advice would you give in, in that regard? Okay. I'm actually, I'm going to rewind a bit back to HSC leading up to work. No. So I, anyone who knows me and knew how I was in uh, my school in Alamana College, I was very studious, energetic, but studious. And I used to study a lot. And I used to love studying. In year eight, when I had a geography exam, and we had our teacher, I had a essay that I had to do. And it was so many pages. This was in year eight. And I just kept, I kept asking for another booklet and another booklet. So then he told me, he said, look, I read through it. He goes, the structure is amazing. I no longer continued reading. I know you've, uh, you've reached the criteria. So he stopped there. That's to the level that I was at in year eight. But I had something missing, which was as long as everything's going fine, I'm fine. If I faced an obstacle, I would shut down. And so when I got to HSC, you're talking about someone who got principal award in year seven, in year eight, in year nine, in year 10, and then year 11 came. And because year 11, I wanted to be perfect. Now I'm like stage six. I want to be a surgeon. I want to make money. And at the time I used to say, I want to make money. But I used to say, because I want to donate to the poor. This was my mindset back then. But uh, I learned very quick. If you try and give half yourself to the dunya and half to the akhirah, the dunya takes you. So you give yourself entirely to your purpose on this earth and you gain the dunya and the akhirah. So these things I wasn't very invested in. I used to love my religion, but I was not as passionate in the knowledge of the religion when I was younger. I was passionate in the worldly studies a lot. So because of that, I was not very wise in dealing with obstacles because what helps me now deal with the obstacles I deal with very easily is the religion. Knowing that everything is predestined, knowing that I can rely on Allah Azza wa Jal, that relieves me. I didn't have that mindset when I was in year 11 and 12. So year 11 and 12 came, I was studying, I was doing the best I could. First assignment came, I got 80 something percent. Immediately I got shut down. And I was so disappointed. I wanted 99 because I want to get a 99.98. And I said, that's it. I'm turned off this uh, work and I don't want to do this. I'm shut off. That's it. I'm done. And uh, it really affected me. And then after that, because it affected me, I struggled to study after that. And then my next assignment, due to that lack of studies, I got worse. And then after that, I just went on a spiraling stream of not caring about studies. And I completely turned off studies. And then my father, he, he, he looked at me, he said, Yeah, Muhammad, you 7 to 10 principal award, you never came second. What's going on? Like, all of a sudden, you don't want, I just couldn't study. That's it. I just stopped. And that's because of my lack of reliance on Allah, because of my lack of realization that everything is predestined. Before I was born, this was going to happen. So if it happens, whether I get angry, happy, sad, upset, half, half, it's going to happen. So you might as well be happy. You might as well rely on Allah, focus on moving forward. And when you actually do that, you find success in many of your endeavors. So I realized that's all I need. I always say to my wife, I say, taqwa wa tawakkul. Fear Allah and rely on Allah. These are the two. Combine them. Your life is actually set. And from then, everything started falling into place. When I discovered that, that's, that was the key in my life. When I discovered that, everything fell into place. Subhanallah, I, I used to always have this image that if you're going to start going on that path, trying to become righteous, trying to become pious, it's a hard path. Yeah, it is. But I never used to realize the gains that you get from it. You actually gain a lot, much more than you lose in terms of physical exhaustion. And you'll be content. So HSC, I didn't have that. As I told you, I was a perfectionist. But being a perfectionist without having reliance on Allah, without realizing that obstacles are going to come, that it's okay that if an obstacle happens and sometimes things don't go your way and to push and be resilient and move forward. If you don't have that strength as a perfectionist, that will really crumble you as a person. And it did. It crumbled me and I stopped studying and my ATA was far lower than I would have wanted back then. Now I'm happy. Had it not happened that way, I would not have learned what I learned later on. So every, it happened the way it happened. And that's why now when I see HSC students struggling, and they're stressing like this is the end of the world. If Allah Ta'ala guided you to know why you're here on this earth, consider yourself extremely fortunate. 
and say, all right, despite these obstacles I'm facing, I know why I'm here. At least when I'm facing these obstacles, they're helping me to achieve my goal, which is the main goal. Another thing my non-physical mentor, Sheikh Jil Sadiq, Afahullah, he said, he said, base this goal in every aspect of your life and you will achieve success. And that is a reality. Everything you do, you want to go to work. How can this help me achieve paradise without prior torture? You want to study HSC? How can this? Some people say, yeah, but I want to do one. Trust me, you want to gain the dunya and the akhirah, follow the akhirah. Don't go half half. Because the dunya and the akhirah are like east and west. You go to the east, you go further from the west. You go to the west, you go further from the east. That's how it is. And I am an anecdotal experience. I literally experienced it. You took the words right out of my mouth. Yes. <laughs> so I, I'm giving you it from an anecdotal perspective. This actually happened to me. And now I can't go back. Now, if someone tells me, go back to being passionate about the dunya, I, my, heart, my heart burns. Like I would never go back to that feeling of resentment and feeling of misery and feeling of uh, false hope and depression. What for? Alhamdulillah, I'm content. I've always been a happy chap. Don't get it wrong. But a happy chap that faced obstacles and they would crumble him at the time. And then it would be hard to get himself back up. But because I was very passionate, I was always surrounded by the right people. Fortunately for me, I was able to move to the direction that I moved. So now some people may look at me and say, and some people have actually said this, I oh, is a religion teacher. Oh, he only makes this much. He used to make, for example, triple the income. And I say, I just look at them and they do not understand how happy and content I am compared to being in that. I don't want that situation. Why would I want to be in a situation where all I'm gaining is that money? What am I doing for my actual goal? Mm. And I feel it every day. It makes a difference. I feel the lack of contentment when I'm trying to chase something that is perishing, that is not going to last. And it keeps me chasing. A lot of people will find when they chase money their whole life that they just keep chasing. Because even when they finally get their dream home, they built it, they spent their whole life. Some of them die before then. But some people, when they finally build their dream home and they've got it, then they're like, okay. And then, is this it? That's it? That's all I have? And then after that, they get used to it. When they get used to it, the feeling of depression that hits them at that point, that they worked all that time for that, like years for like that, mm. that gets them. But when a person knows I'm working for something much greater than that, then that's when they are at complete contentment because everything they do now, because it's for that greater goal, they feel like a big achievement. They prayed, that's an achievement. They were able to teach people, guide people to the right path, that's a massive achievement. They were able to do this and this and this. All of these tasks, that these quests that they're setting on, like a movie, like an actual movie, they feel enjoyment. Or, you know, they do those movies where they're trying to find that treasure chest. How exciting is it? That's literally me right now. I'm on this journey and I just, I just finished this quest and the feeling when you finish it and then you face this obstacle, then you finish that quest. It's unexplainable. This, that's my advice to everyone. Don't let obstacles phase you because if they do, you're going to struggle. Don't let an obstacle phase you. Rely on Allah. Know that these obstacles are going to come. It happens. Be resilient. Know that it's predestined and move on. Keep doing what you can. If you can't go through the door, come through the window. Don't give up straight away. Because if you do, you're going to struggle for the rest of your life like that. If your solution is to run away from your problem, you're going to remain in problems. So for everyone out there, don't stress. Try your best. Start with small goals. Work up. And just keep working day by day. Don't overstress yourself for something that at the end of the day is predestined. You just do what you have to do so you can gain the success and the rewards with the proper intention. MashaAllah, Tamam, I did not want to stop you. Uh, um, you gave lots of golden advice that I think even if people did know on some level, they needed that reminder. And uh, I hope that the HSC students listen to this and feel at peace and know that whatever the path is that they're going to pursue, it was always predestined for them. And inshallah, it's all for the best. That's right, that's right. That's And, and since we're on the topic, I also urge them if they're feeling like they're struggling and they're feeling like they're going through hardship, to pray. Because Allah Ta'ala said in the Qur'an, Ya amanu salah. O you who believe, seek help through patience and prayer. When you pray, that's a form of relief. A lot of people have a habit where something happens to them, they're facing an obstacle, their instant reaction is to commit a sin. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the obstacles aren't as big as the one I mentioned. Sometimes it's a matter of, 
students studying for six hours and they miss out on the salat purposely. They're like, no, I won't make it in time. I have to prepare for the exam. Mm. And they miss out on the prayer. They don't know the damage they just done. You might sleep and wake up and forget half that knowledge. And it happens a lot that people, they get brain fog in the exam. That matter happens that really affects them during the exam time. Sometimes some people, they say, ah, evil eye. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not always the case. Look at yourself. Think to yourself, what sin have I committed in the past two weeks or past month? Who did I gossip about in this past month? Did I treat my mom properly the whole month? Was I visiting all my relatives or am I cutting off some of them on purpose mm. because they don't visit me so I don't visit them? Am I doing everything I'm supposed to do? Am I praying all the prayers? And if you're not, it could be that that sin that you committed, because of the misery of that sin, you are now being deprived of that sustenance. Mm. So instead of reacting with, I need to focus on dunya more to gain dunya, no. Focus on your akhirah more to gain the dunya and the akhirah. Go and pray. Mm. And trust me, for everyone listening, that's a time of relaxation. That's a time when you forget everything. Don't think about your exams. Don't think about anything. Just throw the dunya behind you. Pray. Think to yourself. Think about the goal, the main goal. Why are you actually here on earth? That will actually motivate you to study more. Think about why you're here on earth. You pray, Lillahi ta'ala, I'm here. I'm praying. I'm on this earth to worship the one who created me, who gave me the ability to study, the ability to breathe, the ability to stand up. He's granted me the ability to access food. I can see if you are listening, try your best. Do what you can, but make sure that your focus is your main goal. Study with the intention that you want to benefit the community. No. You want to benefit the ummah, be sincere in that intention and rely on Allah. If you have that, Allah Ta'ala will grant you success. If you have that. And if you're listening and you're thinking, all right, well, I'm just going to change everything now. All of a sudden, I've been wanting to be an engineer. I want to buy seven houses for my family. and I want... Nothing's wrong with supporting your family and being there for them. I'm telling you, you can do that. By working towards paradise That's actually the way that you do that You want to buy seven houses for your family Go towards the akhirah Watch how your life works out for you In the best ways when you actually do that no. If you just work towards your akhirah Everything else follows You gain the dunya and the akhirah So keep that in mind Barakallahu feek Barakallahu feek Being a HSC student Can be stressful It can be extremely humbling and time-consuming. It takes a lot of self-discipline, energy, patience and persistence. Particularly in such a time where many people advance in their taste, physiology and maturity, it can all seem like too much to bear. The crushing weight of expectations can be paralyzing. Stop for one second. Breathe. Realize that this is just the start of your journey. Pace yourself and know this. The milestones that matter are in the lessons that decorate the mind and not the certificates that decorate the walls. The experience has much more to give you than any mark. The journey is often more fruitful than the destination. So join us as we trek together on a journey beyond the ATAR.